Ever sat and listened to two individuals talk about something in a cafe in a city? Ever really listened? In my time, I have heard some of the most brilliant ideas come from a simple conversation. And Cafe Leadership is hoping to bring those thoughts to the forefront of the podcast realm. An array of young, middle, and older age leaders is set to give a prominent, interesting mix to what it means to be a leader. Founded by Billy Colston, this podcast will go over various things in leadership, whether it means who are you as a leader or what it takes to be a leader. We're hoping to develop interesting ideas and interesting perspectives on leadership and how everybody tackles it day by day. So, hi Eric. Uh, obviously, you know who I am, um, but I would like to introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Billy. Uh, my name is Eric Hanslick. I am a fifth year at UCSD studying international business with a minor in management science. It's fair to say that I've been around for quite some time and the loans have definitely stacked <laughs> up. Um, but while I was here, uh, through my student organization activities, I've been involved in uh, Triton Consulting Group as the president for a couple of years. Um, I've been involved in Delta Sigma Pi in their officer space, and then I am also the founder of Business Council at UCSD. Nice. So uh, obviously you've had a lot of chance to experience, particularly peer-to-peer uh, relationship and leadership. Um, so actually, I'm kind of curious. We had talked a little bit about this before, um, but like, if you had one word that would describe your leadership, like if you had one word that you could use to describe your leadership and what it has been over the past few years, what, what would that word be? Uh, I would have to say vision. Um, and vision means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And vision is practiced very differently by different people. Um, and it kind of depends on the type of leadership that you need in a specific setting. But ultimately, vision has been what drives the reason why I do the work that I do. And it's been the reason why other people around me have been motivated me or have been motivated to follow what I've been doing. Um, and it's ultimately what unifies all these student groups together for some bigger purpose. Because it doesn't really matter, you know, how you get there, but it's, uh, it's to get there and to have a destination that really matters. Gotcha. And so you talked a little bit like about destination, like where, where I see myself going. And that's a lot about what vision is to me, um, you know. Um, in my experience, vision is very much so someplace I want to go to, and I see it, and I imagine it for the people I'm with or the group I am leading, right? Um, I'm curious, like, so obviously you are kind of, like, working on this startup right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, like, you know, what is the biggest thing when it, when it comes to, like, thinking about that vision and, like, where you want to go and what you want to do? Like, what is the biggest thing that plays a role into that? And, like, how do you format your vision, especially with something that's completely new and something that has never been done before. Yeah, so a bit of context. Uh, The startup that I'm working on is basically Google Drive, but powered by blockchain. And the reason why that matters is that Google Drive is fundamentally a platform for people to collaborate on with files and documents and stuff like that. And what blockchain solves for is ultimately trust between people. It lets technology take take the wheel there. So um, a couple of crazy things happened in the last couple of days that helped me realize why this matters to me so much, and it actually helped me understand what my vision was for this. Um, and it came down to two things. So the first was when I was reading the book Sapiens. Um, in the first uh, couple of chapters, they're basically talking about why human civilization and specifically Homo sapiens have been able to evolve and become the dominant 
uh, species amongst all the different types of humans that there were. And they were saying it was uh, a combination of a couple things. One was our ability to use tools better than other um, versions of ourselves, basically, or version of humans. But ultimately, it was because we could fundamentally collaborate better than any of the other groups. So when it came down to entering a new territory, we were able to learn faster, strategize faster, and then uh, be able to deliver what our species was, uh, what was necessary for our species to actually um, maintain leadership in those space. So as we've seen through history, the reason why nations exist, the reason why governments exist, and the reasons why like religion exists is ultimately to unify a purpose. So I've kind of come to realize that the reason why we evolve is because we can work together better. And if you can get companies to work together better because you can facilitate trust between the two, then ultimately you're going to be leading towards a better and brighter future. So that's kind of the vision that I've picked up from. Um, Sapiens definitely helped a lot of that. But then I realized and I reflected back to kind of my childhood. And I thought about why it mattered to me that trust was so important. And I've kind of realized that a lot of my education and probably a lot of ed other people's education has been uh, a very linear path of you need to be able to do these academics by yourself and you need to be able to get into college and do all these things. And all of these experiences are ultimately like a solo mission, right? And it's only until you get to college that you realize the bounty that comes from working with people. So once I had that uh, mindset flip, then I realized that like, when I go out into the real world, I know that I have to work with people to do great and amazing things, right? And it would be the best thing in the world if I could make or I could help other people do that as well. So building a technology that helps people collaborate is fundamentally what will help us evolve faster as a species. So like this whole vision is focused on collaboration, essentially. Yes. That is so sick. I mean, like personally, like I've seen collaboration just become a magnificent part of everything I've done. Um, and that's something that we've really focused on, um, actually, when I was with you in business council, I of think, course. a lot. Um, you know, I I'm curious, like, also in regards to collaboration, a lot of times we have this concept that, like, collaboration always needs to be manifested or, like, guided or, you know, I guess in some way, like, constructed to be a certain way. Um, in your experience, like, is collaboration better as being this kind of really structured conversation or is it better to have this collaboration be more like spread out and yeah so i think that's actually something that you have to decide given the circumstances that you're in so when i was uh, starting off with tcg um a lot of the leadership didn't really know what it was like to manage a student organization so at that point, having an autocratic way of leading was helpful because you had to teach a best practice for how to lead an organization, which I'd learned through DSP. Um, so in that setting, I needed to be a pace setter for being able to move the organization forward to get where it is now. Um, but then as it got into a point of stability, that's when you become uh, a type of leader that's more flexible with um, the type of uh, styles that you lead with. So when it came to my second year of being a part of TCG, it was more about teaching people and letting go than it was about commanding and controlling. So I think the setting really matters and it depends on whether you're in a crisis mode or whether you're in a growth mode or whether you're in a flourishing mode. So all three of those stages of uh, like an organization, it matters what type of leadership you do then. Interesting. <clears throat> so like it's, it's very subjective, right? Um, and I, I mean, it's very true that leadership is very subjective based on the, the the coincidence or wherever you happen to be, at least I believe so. Mm -hmm. um, but so like when, 
you're thinking about collaboration and vision and kind of meshing them together. I guess like which one is, you know, we talk a lot about leaders having vision, right? And having the goal or the vision in mind for their leadership and kind of commanding that way forward, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to vision, like, is it better to have a collaborative vision of a group of people or better to be the person leading the charge? And which type of leadership is more balanced, particularly, I mean, in the case of us, like student organizations, right? Like a lot of times students always talk about collaboration, what we're doing, what we're doing next, but is it better to have somebody who comes up with a vision for the organization, like a president, and then lead the only vision, or is it better to come up as a collaborative whole, do you think? So I think ideally the proper uh, mentality to have around that is to um, build a vision as a whole, because ultimately when you are a part of something that you feel like you've contributed to and you belong to, that's when you start to invest more and more, right? So um, some of the challenges that come with specifically student orgs in college and probably any other organization like throughout your lifetime is that you're always gonna have competing interests. So being able to manage those competing interests is probably the biggest um, blockade between your ability to like contribute and lead to a vision as opposed to just being a contributing member and just and kind of like quote unquote just doing your job. I've seen a lot of people go through this process where they're just here to like as a means to an end or as part of their learning experience or put something on the resume. But the people that really like excel and go on to do bigger and better things are the people that actually believe in the mission. And you can feel that when they talk about it because they understand it so deeply that it's like a part of who they are. So that's, I think, the type of people you would look for. And you can't really help, you know, that some people are just in college or just in these organizations to get from A to B. Um, but you do eventually find people that will be on there for the long run and that care about what the legacy builds. Yeah, so I'm curious also, like, something that I think a lot of people struggle with is keeping people on for the long run, right? And I think, at least for me, I think having a solidified vision can keep people in for the long run. Right. Um, so I'm curious, like, what are what are strategies or things that you have done to keep the vision motivating people? Right. Because oftentimes I feel like, you know, if you have a solidified vision of what you see the org being, you can kind of guide it more. Right. Even as a collaborative whole, you know, with my team, for example, you know, I work very much so as a democratic leader in terms of, you know, we need to get here. We want to get here. Right. And kind of strategizing that during retreats. Um, so like, what is some things that you do personally to like, kind of initiate that vision and keep it continuing? That's actually a good question. And it's a good question because I've made a lot of, like a lot of my mistakes have been in this space. Um, and it's actually been that I've been so focused on a vision that I actually forget the humanity of the reason why we do things. Um, and that either me or the people I'm working with are tools to get to that vision. Right. Um, and I've realized that, uh, then that's kind of where the pace setter, uh, like leadership style comes out of me. Um, but I realized that uh, it's not good enough that people have a vision. There has to be some investment at a human level with the people around you. So it's not that you just go to these meetings and you like talk about what you're up to and then you talk about what you're doing next. It's about what that person is doing with their life and what their goals are and what their ambitions are and how their family is and how their friends are. And this is why you do retreats, whether that's like at the whole org level or whether that's at the leadership level, because people will only really get as far as they want with the people that they care about. 
So you can't just care about the org and you can't just care about the people. You really need to inspire both. And I think when I was starting off, I was way too driven just to get to the uh, professional or organizational goal. And I wasn't there to support the goals of the people around me. But as I've grown, I realized that that is a huge weakness and a huge flaw. And that the way that we move forward is because we care about each other as people. Yeah, so speaking of um, developing, I guess, these mutual goals or this mutual benefit, right? This, this mutual collaboration and vision for people, right? Because essentially that's what you're saying, right? Um, I guess the, 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 another question I have is, you know, looking at that, how do you really go about that? How do you go about solidifying this, this collaborative vision? Right, because I think it's one of the hardest things to do is really find uh, mutually beneficial situations for everybody involved. Right, because I think there's always going to be other you know mindsets or agendas or things going on in people's heads. So how do you like kind of navigate everybody to kind of get to this collaborative whole or this collaborative vision? There are three components to that I think there's salience, um, there's presence, and there's emotional uh, integration. So with salience, being able to build a vision that people can basically taste is really important because it's, if it's too abstract, um, it's too distant from what people are capable of imagining. And because imagination is now a variable in that like component, then it makes it confusing as to um, how that vision is interpreted by each person, right? And then um, this is kind of like just a friend factor, I guess, but showing up is such a huge part of being able to do anything. And that's not just showing up to the meetings and being on time and quote-unquote again doing your job it's showing up in people's lives and constantly being there for them as human beings right and then that finally leads to the emotional component that like there has to be some part of your soul that belongs to the goals that you have built with other people um and i found that like in one form or another the reason why people drop out is because one of those three things aren't satisfied um so i do my best to make it salient by being as concrete with the way that the events are going to be structured and why they're happening and the type of people that are going to be involved um, for being present, um, that's being there no matter what happens for anyone, anytime, anywhere, right? Even if you have to meet with somebody on the phone at like 12 a.m. or something like that, or you right. have to go to someone's house. And then the emotions, again, that was kind of the transformation that I had to learn that like, we're not just here to do a job, we're here to like make people's lives better. And there's like some component of human uh, humanity involved in that. Yeah, so like what you're talking about is, is obviously very impactful, especially at the organizational level and especially at a level where students um, have to be engaged, right? Because we, we all have our own lives, we all have our own things going on, and we all have our own interests, right? And we typically have very different conflicting interests. Um, but I'm curious, have, have you heard any stories or, you know, talked to anyone that you've seen this be transitioned into more professional careers, right? Because ultimately professional careers, careers <laughs> are a little harder um, in terms of getting that personal factor, that personalized leadership, right? Some people do it very well, but it, I, I think it's a lot harder. Have you ever, have you ever experienced a like, personalized leader who has been able to do this in, in a corporate environment? So I think just broadly first, um, the reason why some of these experiences don't transition very well into professional experiences is actually like at a personal level where you pedestal what the next step of your life looks like, right? So um, my general attitude towards student organizations was that this is a very open 
and engaging opportunity for me to really put myself out there and to learn and to work with other people and to actually build something like together, right? And people don't realize that, or maybe they do, but maybe there's like a little bit more intimidation because it's like the real world. <laughs> um, but the people that have and the people that will succeed in transitioning um, are the people that don't pedestal that next step of their life and that didn't pedestal being a student leader. So, uh, and unfortunately, like the, the pace that student leadership uh, kind of develop at is not really the pace that um, life develops at around you. So I've seen a lot of really great leaders come out of like their freshman and sophomore year. Um, but when it comes to professional endeavors, they're a little bit out of the scope of like a junior internship or being able to graduate with a full time. So part of that is like a gap in timing, which is kind of tragic because a lot of people come in very capable, but they have to be patient. And that's something that's learned, right? Um, and those are the people that do the best. I think the people that come in hungry and stay hungry and then help other people find their hunger too. So it's a, it's a very strange path for sure. But um, the transition basically is supported by uh, your ability to overcome the pedestaling effect basically. Right. And I, I mean, yeah, you make a very good point of people transitioning, right? I mean, that's a, that's a key factor in, I think, any experience. You got to graduate. Whether, whether you go from high school to college or college to professional life, you know, kind of getting to that point where you graduate and you really, really graduate, mm -hmm. right? And you are taking this next step in your life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still curious, like, when you had, like, for example, your experience at IBM, mm -hmm. um, did you ex ever experience, you know, a moment where you're like, wow, this person is very a personalized leader, like somebody who wasn't a college student who wasn't, you know, still going through this really transitionary phase? Did you ever experience this feeling of personalized leadership that these people really cared about you really cared about who you were, and what you were doing? Yeah, it was actually my last week. Um, and by this time, like, I had already received my return offer and all this other stuff. So I knew that uh, my fit in the company was going to work out. And I actually really loved the people I worked with. So um, there was not really any hesitation in <laughs> my feelings towards the return offer. Um, but in the last week, I actually met uh, the VP of my team for the first time. And we went out and we got coffee and it was like very casual. Um, but the best parts of the conversation was the fact that he was there to learn about me as a person, not about how I fit into the company. So at the time, I was still debating whether I wanted to go into consulting or continue with product management. And he was telling me all the stories about him, like his own experiences going to consulting and why it was so beneficial. Um, but ultimately, he told me one thing that kind of stuck in my mind was that a lot of what consulting is, is going around and helping different people, like in a lot of different places, right? Um, as opposed to product management, where you stay up thinking about that one thing that you're working on and you have such commitment to the thing that you have to do. Yeah. Um, and all of that advice was purely coming from him as a person to me as kind of like uh, a candidate, right? <laughs> it was kind of removed of the fact that I was a part of IBM and it was just like a people relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, um, when leaders can humanize themselves in front of the people that they have to lead, that's, I think, the most honest form of leadership. And it doesn't really matter if they stick around like as long as they do or if they move on and find other opportunities. You're there for them as a person, not for them as a function of your company. Cool. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. I mean, I've seen some amazing personalized leadership as well um, in my own personal experiences. Um, I guess one example I would talk about is, you know, I had an amazing mentor about a couple years ago. I ran into someone and... I just decided to grab, you know, have a casual conversation over the phone. But 
he didn't care about my experiences. He didn't care about, you know, like how much I've done. What he really cared about was how, who I was as a person. And I think that, you know, that really transitioned down into me too. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> but we're actually going to close out. Um, I wanted to thank you so much for everything. Thanks for um, having me. If you, do you have any shout outs, Instagram or anything else that you'd like to shout out? Just all my homeboys at TCG, BC, at DSP. Um, honestly, college would not have been the amazing experience has been without the amazing organizations that I've been a part of. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Eric. I appreciate you coming on. Well, and, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your support, and the best way to do that is actually to either like our Facebook, follow us on any of the different platforms that we stream off of, or even check out our LinkedIn. But we really appreciate it, and hope you have a great day.